All right, let's get ready for our word, Kate. Have you got that song ready? Um, let's give it up for Jimmy. He's a, a man, a, a God's general. He'd be dripping in medals if we awarded the faithful here on this earth, and his clothing wouldn't be able to take the weight of all those medals. Jimmy's been amazing over the years, and we're so blessed to have him preach this morning. So let's give it up, and uh, yeah, if you get that song ready, Kate, that would be tremendous. Thank you, Jimmy. Can we stand? If you don't know the words, just hum. And you can blame Joanne for this. She brought that African fire last week. Come on, who has not been sinking? School black gospel, brilliant. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. Come on, guys, let's give it up, give it up, come on. Thanks very much, Katie, that's brilliant. Good morning, Vine Church. Well, you know, what an honor, what an honor, what an honor to kick off a 10-week series uh, called the One Another Series. And uh, my theme for the day is love one another, and I'm not going to do the usual details of that because it's a 10-week course. And each one is another detail, actually, of loving one another. But my working title today is, You Are Out of This Flipping World. I didn't put the word flipping up there in case it uh, offends somebody, but then it's a great word. You're out, because God's always flipping stuff. And uh, who can remember? Who can remember the moment you were in the miry clay? I'll never forget the first time I was in the miry clay and I showed up at, it wasn't even a church, it was called an Alpha Group, and I remember seeing one of the first faces I saw there was Carol, Carol Mackay, there was a name at the time, and I was trying to remember there, Carol, so, so many donkeys ago. And I just remember my soul getting lifted up. And then, you know, we're out in the streets trying to drag people at the pub on a Friday night, trying to get through to somebody, somebody interested in Jesus. And then one night, our husband, our future husband, Lenny, came out of that bar, the green tree, and 
Do you know what? I go back to these moments, not because I'm nostalgic, because I'm appreciative. And so, guys, that's where I'm coming from today. You may be in a place where you need lifted up today, but even if you don't, I promise you, God has a plan to supernaturally lift us up because Jesus came to do more than heal a few sick people. And so we, I want to get in that today with the, this theme, you're out of this world. So turn around and point to somebody and go, you're out of this flipping world. You're out of this world. One of my greatest honors, one of my greatest honors was saying the opening prayer at the brand new Rug Nelson Mandela Rugby Stadium in Port Elizabeth. And, 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 and not only was I out of this world, I was out of my mind because I knew nothing about rugby. But I was asked to come on the opening day of this beautiful stadium with the beautiful people of South Africa, speak to the players, give a speech, and say a prayer. And then we went into the very first game. The young captain at the time, who I still mentor to this day, he put on a song as the teams came out, a loud, bassy, booming Christian, almost rap-type song rattling around the stadium. And I sat there thinking, this is out of this world. A 50-odd thousand-seater stadium. But that's a fraction of the honor of speaking today. Because he texted me this week, one of the most famous rugby players at the time, and said, Jimmy, how do you increase your faith? And my answer was very simple. Get out of your reality and get into his because that's the reason Jesus came. Yes, he raised the dead. Yes, he turned water into wine. But his whole aim was to bring the reality of heaven to earth. Let us see what it looks like so we could step in it and live there. So that's where I'm going this morning. And so... Each of the next 10, next 10 weeks are going to be diamonds on loving one another. And, uh, but, but I want to lay a gold ring foundation today. A gold ring foundation that we can put all the 10 diamonds in. And this gold ring foundation of insight is the one I believe and the reason Jesus came. And so we all know, we all know somebody that can quote more verses of the Bible than the Apostle Paul. But when the slightest little storm comes, they crumble like a box of cream crackers. We all know somebody. And, and when I f can I think of anybody, I just look in the mirror because some days I'm that guy. <laughs> some days that guy. But you know, Jesus came... Aaron preached a few weeks on restore all things, and it's mind-blowing because he came to let us see the two wings we ought to be flying on. 100 times the Bible speaks about one another's. 59 times we're commanded to take care of each other. So you can wear your 59 cap here when you preach. And then 13 times it actually commands us to love one another. I just want to suggest to you, it is absolutely impossible to love one another. Absolutely impossible to love one another for more than one day if we're stuck 
in this world's reality. The world's reality is feeding us in the media and goodness not every day. It's not too long ago they were telling us we're going to run out of food because of the population explosion. How many people know that population is declining at such a rate that when you get upset because there's another self-service machine in Asda taking somebody's job, the truth of the matter is that Japan population dropped by 600,000 people in one year last year. There is a world decline in population that, such that we're going to have computers and robots serving us because they can't get any staff. If you don't believe me, just check it at McDonald's window or any of the restaurants nearby. It's already happening. And so, so but, but if you live in that reality, you're, you're going to be goosed because it changes every day. And Jesus saw we're going to be goosed and stuck if we're only reality is what the world has given us and bringing us. But he came with two wings. The first wing, he came to introduce us to an alternate reality to live by. The one that Adam and Eve were living in before the fall. There was no decay. You would have had to get another job, Judith, because there was no shovels. The plants didn't decay. They didn't outgrow. There was no sin. There was no, no need to give them the great command to love God and one another because that's all they had. There was no sin. There was no betrayal. There was no fear. There was no doubt. There was no anxiety. There was this reality of heaven where they ruled and reigned in peace, love, and joy. And when Jesus came back, as the light of the world. He came to put the light bulb back on again to let us see we don't have to be stuck in the world's thinking, the world's understanding, and the world's reality. You will not hear one whisper of the heaven's reality on your television screens or your newspapers. You know, you won't hear a word about the hundred the hundred occasions in the Bible where the noun, yes, it's a verb to love, is mentioned. But you will hear almost every week about a hundred new pronouns you must use when you're introdu introduced to somebody. Are they not thinking about old geezers like me? I can't even remember half the names that I'm supposed to remember anymore. Never mind sticking on symbols at the beginning of it. The world has gone crazy, but you do not have to be influenced, sucked in, or submitted to the earthly reality. Jesus put it this way when he said, he put it in, so, so 41 times John says in the Bible, 41 times he says Jesus was out of this world. He put it a different way. He's, he let us know he was sent. So Jesus, 41 times Jesus is sent. Meaning he's not from this, he's sent from another world to this world. He's sent from another world to this world. So how on earth do we live in this heavenly reality Adam and Eve lived in before the fall in a fallen world? That's the gold ring today. 
And I want to encourage you guys and share four keys for flipping things. When bad news comes, when sickness comes, when that diagnosis comes, 16 years ago, my beautiful wife, Elma, was diagnosed with a broken knee and required a half knee or a knee replacement 16 years ago. Well, over the years, we've done a few little tweaks here and there, but three days ago, she kneeled on that knee. No surgery whatsoever. 16 years later, 100% pain-free and a flexibility that she'll be able to do the dusting now. And I won't have to do it. Oh, come on. It deserves a better clap than that. That was, that was pathetic. I thought I was at Ibrooks here for a minute. My prayer... Oh, I didn't take offense. My prayer is that a light bulb goes on. A light bulb, maybe like never before. Because when he said he's the light of the world, he came to give us a glimpse of what it looks like to live in that reality. Okay. So we're going to go to Scripture to back this up. Because some of you are going, I write... When Aaron first said, your title, Dad, is love one another, I went, aye, right. How easy is that? And Fife in Scotland, where it's a compliment if somebody abuses you. If you're from another country and a Scotsman gives you abuse, I promise you, it's supposed to be a compliment. <laughs> That's what I learned in Johannesburg, how they think about us in Johannesburg. So anyway, John 17, 13, verse says this, But I come to you, and these things I speak in this world, that they may have joy and fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Get this, guys. The world has hated them because they're not of this world. Do you know, I wonder if that truth is sunk in 20%, never mind 100%. So 41 times John just said, he's out of this world. Then Jesus says, you and me are out of this world. People use that term in the streets all the time and no idea where it came from. You're out of this world. I've given them their world. So I don't pray. I don't pray you should take them out of this world, but you should keep them from the evil one. They're not of this world, just as I am not of this world. Exactly the same. They are not of this world as I am not of this world. Don't worry if it's taking time to get your head around this. I've been awake since half past three this morning trying to get my own head around about it. Because sometimes a diamond is so beautiful you've got to look at it from every angle and you're still not seeing it. But there's something in this I want us to get to. And one of, the reason I'm, I'm digging, drilling deep in this is to try love one another and, and fulfill the 59 uh, instructions to be bless one another is only possible if we step out of our reality into the king's reality, how he sees things. So Jesus goes on and says this, I clean them up. Well, Basically, he uses a biblical word, sanctify. So he says in verse 17, sanctify them uh, 
sanctify them, and for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they may be sanctified by the truth. Hang on to that. That's just not another, eh, you know, day-to-day word truth there. That word truth there actually means reality. Literally means reality. So what he's saying is, I get them sorted, I get them fixed, I get them blessed, I get them by getting them into the reality that I came to bring to earth. So that's why when they said to me, what shall we pray? Pray that thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So Jesus' whole mission, his whole mission was to bring the kingdom reality the rules, the miracles, the peace, the love, the joy, the confidence that Adam and Eve dwell in into our world and lead us into the place. So when he says, when he says, I no longer call you slaves, what he's saying is when Adam and Eve were kicked out, they were slaves. They lived their life with a shovel. They were digging and weeding and nothing wrong with that, is there, Judah? Nothing wrong with that. It's good, you know, it gets you in the fresh air. But, but, but basically, it was the sweat of the brow stuff. It was the sweat of the brow stuff. But Jesus loved us so much. And he modeled how we can love one another. Because he left everything to love us and draw us out of the shoveling reality out of the struggling reality, out of the sweat and brow reality, and put us back in the air traffic control room rather than on the shovel. He says, I have seated you. When you gave your life to Jesus, he changed your seat. We'll come to that more in a minute. So here we go. So four quick points on how do we live in this reality. How do you love people that get under your skin, support the worst football team, nip your head, show up when you don't expect them, you know, say things, do things, and undermine things, you know, do all kinds of things to drive you bonkers. Impossible. Don't even try to do it if you're stuck in this reality. But if you're plugged in If you're plugged in, if you're plugging your Tesla into heaven's reality and unplugging it from the diesel, dirty fuel the world would love to feed it, then it's possible. And so the first point I've just labored and labored, and I'd love to spend no time laboring it, but we're going to get to the next thing. Number one, settle it. You're not of this world. So you don't have to pay a blind bit of attention to the fears, the anxieties, the medias, the PC, and all the nonsense, the woke nonsense that's going on. You don't have to be slightly affected. That prices are rising. Prices are rising, prices are rising. Of course we're concerned, and it's brilliant what Mel's doing. I did have a wee panic there, though, Mel, when you got one excited. You were too excited about the announcement. I thought you were going to announce you're having another baby, and I was a wee bit worried for Tim there. But praise God, peace was restored. 
It's a coffee, it's opening, no a cot. But anyway, this first thing is, you're out of this world. Second one is, you've got a new position in the team. I watch many Christians, and they, you know, they come to Jesus, and blah, 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 but they stay in the same position in the team. But Jesus said, no, you're not the tail anymore, you're the head. That's the kingdom reality. And the position of shoveling in the garden, you know, you had a diagnosis, you had this, hey, dynamite it, dynamite it with your faith, with the word of God, and with the kingdom reality. So the position of sweating, panicking, working, you know, I got a great friend in America, and he, he was coming out of the drug world, he was coming out of this world and that world, and he got into stoicism. Stoicism. He got right into the stoic thing. And there's some very, very good things in it. The only problem with it is it is still plugging your motor into the dirty diesel of earth. And it's still looking for the answers inside you. That's earthly reality. But there comes a point like him when every man has to humble himself and say, Hey, hey, the answers are not in there. The answers are in the truth, the reality that King Jesus brought to earth. Is this making any sense, guys? How are we doing? <laughs> I got a, a half percent okay there. So, you've got to take, begin with small things, Jesus said. So, oh, don't worry, it's not a three-glass sermon, guys, honestly. It's not a three-glasser. It changes the position of your team. The world may say you're this. Your mind may say you're finished. The, the media may say this. The education system may say this. People may say this. Christianity is... But in the king's reality, Christianity, following, loving, knowing Jesus, and plugging yourself into Jesus, and having him take you from that low position in the team with your shovel on the subs bench to be a striker in the team. So wherever you go, your scoring faith goes. Wherever you go, you're bringing the king's reality into earth reality. Third point, very quickly. And trust me, trust me, I can, I can do what many preachers do, is present things like, many years ago, Elma said to me, do you know why you're always skint, Jimmy? Because you present yourself to everybody like you're really rich. <laughs> and nobody thinks you need a few quid, so you never get a few quid. <laughs> and I said, but I'm rich in Christ Jesus. What the heck has money got to do with it? <laughs> well, another sermon. The third one. So how do you flip it? You know, when you, who's waking up some morning and earthly reality 
is lying on top of you like a soaking wet, heavy doovy. Come on, guys. If that's not happened to you, open your bedroom window tonight. I guarantee you'll have that moment tomorrow. By with the love of Jesus all over it. But, you know, we've had those moments when we think, oh, I need somebody to call me. I need somebody to look after me. That one that was looking after me is dead now, and I need this. No, 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 no. If you want to flip your reality from that heavy reality the devil loves to bring to you, this is going wrong, that's going wrong, the next thing's going wrong. Number three, you have a lifter of your head. You have access to the greatest lifter of your head. And when that dark moment comes, and I'm not, not exaggerating, I'm seeing great miracles, great things happening, but it doesn't mean I don't have gross black dog oppression show up when it feels like it. You don't have to be mentally ill to get some for the dog to visit you. The dog just likes to visit who it wants. And very often, it will visit those great people who are a bigger threat to God's kingdom, to the devil's kingdom than any others. But it's normal, guys. Don't beat yourself up when that comes. But it's good to know what do you do. And, and, and I'm going to give up my version of one of Elma's favorite statements. She, she talks about count your blessings. But you've got to drill down in that. How do you count your blessings? You just write them on the back of the... The grocery sheet on the way to Asda or whatever. No. Spiritual. Stepping out of the reality. So the devil visits you and he's got a heavy blanket. Go back to the very first time he lifted your head. Primary school. Big Bob was going about battering everybody in the class. He took one look at you and he walked past. Did that to me anyway. I think he thought I was too unclean to put his hands on. You went to secondary school and you thought, oh man, here we go again. Here we go. You had that dark moment. And you look back and you see he lifted your head. And you remember that moment? You're driving up the motorway and you, you looked at your phone you weren't supposed to and the next thing you're driving on the banking. High speed. And deserved it a tree because of reckless driving, but a hand came down and lifted you up. And then when that betrayal came and you thought, I, there is no way I can get through this. There's no, there's no freedom, peace, love, and joy on the other side of that betrayal. And he lifted you up. And the doctor came with a diagnosis last week that's, no, 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 go back, go back, go back to that last diagnosis, the one that was supposed to finish you off, that one I got on Christmas Day when they said you got one hour to save your life. Go back, go back and see how my son went to the mountain and prayed, and when I saw that, he lifted me up. He lifted me up. And guys, you got stuff going on. You got wet doovies kicking around. You've tried. You, you've tried things. 
you've, you, you've started good dreams, they haven't worked, you've started good businesses, you know, you've moved to another town and you thought it was going to work out, and, and, and then he left you, or she left you, or, 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 or you prayed and she died. Guys, if you look back, if you look back, by the time you've taken a walk, something I do regularly, and most times, whether I'm in the car or in my house, I'm in tears by the end of it. When I think, I should have went to jail for that one. If you'd blown my cover, Jesus, I should have went to jail. That thing that was misread, if that was in the newspaper, I'm finished. The devil had a go at me one time to get my name and blacken my name and put it in the headlines. Beside a man who was causing much evil, the front page of the Glasgow Herald was the photograph of Bin Laden. Right beside it was Pastor Jimmy Dowd, who's causing trouble because the music in his church is too loud and upsetting the neighbors. <laughs> You're not exactly going to... I loved the mayor at the time there, Pat Callaghan, was the mayor of Dunfermline. He was brilliant. When the council called me to a meeting and they were ready, you're not allowed to speak. It's only court, it's only court in Britain where you get judge, jury, and you're not allowed to speak. But as I sat there with 15, 20 councillors discussing me and the vine for two hours, the mayor was bored, and he stood up, and at the top of his voice, are you telling me you guys are going to put an asbo on this guy or his church because a noise is coming out. I'm a Catholic, and I've been looking for a noise coming out of church in Dunfermline for 20 years, and I haven't found it. This is brilliant news. You're hitting this guy with a 14-pound hammer. I know, Jimmy. He loves his rock music, and he loves it loud. Give him a flipping break. And Jesus came and lifted me up. He came and lifted me up. And you're in a place right now and you think, the diagnosis doesn't look good. The plans are not exactly perfect. You know, this is circumstances, this circumstances that pull the switch, guys. I had to go to town yesterday. You know what it's like? You know, you get to the age where you think, I don't have to wash the day when I go to town. I'm too lazy. You know, I could just give myself a, a lick and a promise. But you're married to a health freak who says, you have to wash if you're going to the town. And I said, sweet, I'm only going to the town for one wee light bulb. Who's going to notice? She made me wash. So I got to the town, and I handed the light bulb to the woman. I said, I bought new glasses, but I still can't read that. The writing's too small. She said, I can read it. And she read it. She said, this bulb is a special bulb. It's called a dimming bulb. You can fit a dimmer switch to you if you like. I said, well, as I drove home, I was thinking, yeah. When Jesus came... We were living on dimming bulbs. 
And the, the dimmer would go up and down depending on the mood. It would go up and down depending on the foot. It would go up and down regardless of the good. It would go up and down. But when he came, when heaven sent the light bulb, it don't dim. It don't dim. It can shine bright through your darkest moment because his love for you is so intense. Don't worry if you're not getting your head around all this. I'm still working on it, but it's explosive. Don't put your hands up on that. Don't put your hands up. But how many people here should be in jail today? <laughs> should be in jail today. Should be in jail today. I said, don't you put your hand up, Ian, you deaf. <laughs> so, last one, guys. Stevie Winwood sang a great song many years ago. For those that are old enough, called Higher Love. Why Higher Love? The words of the song are brilliant. It says, Give me a higher love. Without that higher love, loving one another is impossible. Without the higher love, getting through your day and not responding in the flesh. But every time you respond with love to somebody, you plug your Tesla into heaven's reality. You create a funnel for the power of God and the miracles to work through you. But every time you disobey God like Eve did in the garden, you unplug your Tesla and you're shoveling for the rest of the day. And this is why it's so important it's not just to be a nice wee Christian and to give somebody a cream cake. It's all about choosing moment by moment, even when people do bad stuff to you. Am I going to stay plugged into the higher love? <laughs> and no human being has the power to unplug you. Only you and me can do that. And the Bible says when you love your enemies, when you respond with love, it's like pouring hot coals on their head. Hey guys, how many of us have got fed up with life, fed up with Christians, fed up with church, fed up with your, dare I say it, your, your, your family, fed up with your self, fed up with your job? Come on, guys. The blanket has no favorites. But guys, I want to inspire you to get up every morning and plug your Tesla, plug your soul into his higher love. Let him take you back to every moment he lifted you up. Some of you are here today and it's been a tough season. It's been a tough month. It's been a tough marriage. It's been a tough family. And you feel it's so tough. Not even the dockyard crane could lift me up. But I got news for you. The Bible says... Jesus' love is higher than the heavens. Come on. Woof! 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 
The lady says, this is a three-watt bulb. A three-watt bulb that produces such light. I gotta resist being a plonker when I go to it with my one-liners. Because everything in me wanted to sing, you what, you what, you what, that's three watts. I managed to resist that, but the only time I managed to do it. But the higher love he gave you is not three watt. It's unlimited. And we can cut it off the moment we choose not to respond to love to one another. But every, if you want to know the secret to plugging yourself back in, to the reality of heaven. Some people down through ages, how come some people, great saints, have walked on water, raised the dead, opened eyes of the blind, set captives free? How, how come great faith giants have done that? Because they're plugged in to a higher reality of which there is no limits to what the love of Jesus can do through you. Psalm 108 verse 4 says, for great is your love, higher than the heavens above. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Father God, I invite you to bind every ounce of darkness that's discouraged your people. Every ounce of darkness. And I command it to leave in Jesus' name. If you don't know Jesus, it's time to switch the light on. I'm going to ask the band just to join with us as we're going to sing that song once more. Uh, okay, if you could put it on. I'm going to pray through the song and then the band will take it from there and lead us on to the next song. That will give... Let's stand together, guys. Let's close our eyes. Let's close our eyes. You cannot deny. You cannot deny it. He lifted us up. You cannot deny it. When Pamela's son couldn't find, couldn't find the lungs. That was a low moment, Pamela. That was a low moment. But I passed him. Recently, in the supermarket, since Jesus lifted him up, I could have collapsed how healthy and strong and beautiful he was looking, Pam. Close your eyes and let the Holy Spirit take you back. I know you got fed up with this and fed up with that, and you've retreated. You've retreated. You've retreated. Where are you, Adam? Oh, just gives a wee minute, God. I'm sowing my leaves for goodness sake. How are you supposed to sow your leaves in half an hour? I'm making a wee kilt here out of leaves to hide my shame. Guys, for Jesus' love alone, it's worth it. Turn the music up, guys. For Jesus' love, it's worth it. Let Jesus take you back to that moment, the many moments, 
the many moments before depression came, before death came, the times he's lifted you up, far away, the devil's knockdowns. And he's lifting you up right now. He's lifting you up right now. And he's plugging you back into heaven's reality. <coughs> no sickness in his reality. No fears. No worries. No anxieties. No depression. No financial problems for Adam and Eve. That's what he's taking you back to right now. See yourself. See yourself in your new seat. Seated by Christ. And you're the air traffic controller now. All the devil's traffic is coming your way. You're taking it down with your prayer drones. You're controlling what comes and goes in your life from now on. You're controlling, you're blowing up the sadness and making space for the joy. When you came to Jesus, took us from the angry waves. He's the master. Oh, he's a master. He's a master. People asking me, Jimmy, you still as crazy about this Jesus as 70 years of age. And I say, no, no way. No way am I as crazy about this Jesus as 70 years of age. I'm much, much more crazy than that. I'm crazy with steroids and cortisones on it. Because if you can't get greasy, crazy about the reason for living, the one who's brought you out of the miry clay. So if you come here today and you're thinking, what on earth am I doing here? But you're not happy with the reality. You're not happy with the reality you've been in. And you're desperate for a new reality. You trust this, this one to love you, but they're gone. You trusted this thing would work, but I promise you, you trust Jesus, he's never gone. And he don't just lift your head one time. He's here right now. He's looking at you. He had to bring you all this way to let you know he's got his eyeball on you and he's calling you to step out of your reality. So if you're ready to give your life to Jesus, pray this prayer with me. Father God, I thought I was going to crack it in this reality. I had it all worked out. I did my best. You know, I look back and a million things I did, some of the things I did for you, Jesus, and I say, where is the fruit? 
Where is the fruit? We'll just ask Stephen where his fruit was when he gets stoned. Ask Jesus where his fruit was when there was not a soul at the cross when he needed them most. You don't measure your fruit by what you see on this earth, but kingdom reality. And you're going to get your shock of your life when you get to heaven. Then you'll see your fruit. Then you'll see the fruit. Then you'll see it. And you'll see the face of your glorious Savior. So pray this prayer with me if you're ready to step out of that reality into Jesus' reality. Father God, I ask you to forgive me this day for all my sins. I've wandered from you. To be honest, I'm not sure I even knew you. But enough is enough. I'm not too excited with the reality I'm seeing on my screens. And I know I'm fighting like mad. The devil is on my case right now, fighting to hold me back, fighting to keep me on his turf, his position in the team, his reality. But Father God, forgive me for all my sins. I'm giving up my sinful ways. I'm giving up earthly reality. And I thank you, you died on the cross and you came to plug me into a whole new reality of the kingdom of heaven. And that's what I want to live. I don't want to be a person that hurts nobody. I don't want to be a person that hurts you. And humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with your power and your reality, you can do it for me. So in this moment, I invite you into my life, Lord Jesus. I forgive every person that's ever sinned against me. I forgive every person, Lord. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. And give me an assurance that you've come. Give me an assurance that you've come. And restored me again. You're lifting my head. You're literally lifting my head once again. With every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, we're not going to drag this out, but just quickly raise your hand and put it down just as quick. Thank you. Anybody else? The battle's going on. The battle's going on. The battle that you could never win is still fighting. There's one more. I see it clearly. There's one more. There's just one more. And you're battling because you know, I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried the next thing. I've tried this, I've tried that, I've tried the next thing. And all Jesus is asking you to do is try one more thing. You never tried before. Just try one more thing. Just try one more thing. Some people don't get a choice. Jesus just lifts their hands for them. But he loves you, son. He loves you, son. You didn't think you were worth loving. You didn't think he was interested in you anymore. But he's come to bring you home. He's come to bring you home.
He's come to bring you home. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.